Today on CityCast Philly, families of the city's more than 500 murder victims a year want answers. But my guest today reports that fewer than half of these homicides results in an arrest. Officials are now asking for the public's help with finding suspects, but victims' loved ones are skeptical this will work. It's Tuesday, May 2nd. I'm Trinina Ree, and here's what Philly's talking about. Mentadine, you're the Philadelphia staff writer for The Trace, a nonprofit news organization that's dedicated to covering gun violence. You recently reported that the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office, the Police Department, the Sheriff's Office have formed a new partnership to ask for the public's help with solving murders. What are they asking for? Well, they are asking for old fashioned input and buy in from the public. Uh, They're asking the public to um, tell them where homicide fugitives are or any any information they have about these fugitives. Police have always done that, but it seems like they're trying to make a more concerted effort stating this at press conferences. Uh, They did that last month in March and in April, and they'll be doing more press conferences this month to jog the public's memory and to get uh, as much information as they can about these people. And it's been often said that in Philadelphia, people, no matter who they are, uh, don't go far from home. And that that includes criminals as well. Many of the people are staying right here. And so they know that somebody knows where they are. Mensa, how many suspects are they hoping to find this way? The DA's office, along with their partners in this effort, they say there are 59, 59 warrants that have been signed for homicide fugitives. As of the last week of April, there were um, 19 uh, fugitives whose photographs they've released, along with the details about their alleged crimes and uh, their victims. Through May into June, they're going to be releasing the identities of 40 additional ones. Mensa, like you mentioned before, this is nothing new within law enforcement to ask for the public's help with solving crimes. There's there's reward money uh, if you help law enforcement. Why is this different? Is this different? I, well, I think it's different because they're bringing attention to this. You know, it's not just something that's sitting on their respective websites. You know, they're putting this higher on their priority list. I don't remember a time when we've had this type of synergy when it comes to trying to catch, you know, killers. Um, so more of a, it's more of a public plea as opposed to just the typical response from police um, is, I mean, I get emails all day long, as all journalists do from the police. They give us a, a synopsis of every major crime and literally 80 percent, 85 percent end with no weapon recovered, no arrest at this time. These are cases. Some of these homicides go back two, two, three years. They're trying to reprioritize the fact that there are people walking around our city who are wanted for murder and they can, you know, often strike again. I mean, criminologists and city officials, Mm -hmm. they will tell you that there's a very small percentage of people in any given city who commit most of the crimes, you know, less than half a percent, much less than half a percent of the population are, you know, you're talking about a, a thousand or so people, you know, habitual offenders. And that includes homicide. Mensa, you've also spoken to families who've lost their loved ones. What do they think about this partnership, this program? Well, the family members that I spoke to were not very enthused 
because their loved ones' murders have not been solved. That is, they don't have a warrant. They don't have any answers to who committed this crime against their loved one. Right. Their cases are colder, if you will, because with the 59 cases that the uh, law enforcement has highlighted, they have a name Mm -hmm. to put to the murder. Whereas I spoke to about six family members of six victims, and none of them was very optimistic about this initiative because their cases are cold and they all said they don't get their phone calls returned. The cases are growing colder and colder as the murder victims stack up, if you will. You know, I spoke to, uh, to the mother and father of a case where that got a lot of attention, Everett Beauregard, who was uh, killed in University City uh, last year. He was walking home and uh, the gunman just walked past him, turned around and shot him in the head. And it was just a, a random type of shooting. It was caught on video and the video was released. They are hopeful that uh, this new partnership and new initiative is successful, but but they're not holding they're not holding their breath because, you know, uh, they suspect that the young man who killed their son lives somewhere in the vicinity of where their son was living, and no one has turned him in yet, and so that that leaves them not feeling too optimistic. Can you just like briefly explain to me what the relationship is between victims' families and law enforcement? Victims, unfortunately, in Philadelphia are created every day. You know, we had 516 homicides in 2022 and almost 1,800 non-fatal shootings. And in the year before that, in 2021, we had 562 homicides, which was the all-time record. So there's a lot of victims and there are, I don't think there's 100 homicide detectives. It's very hard for family members to get through to these detectives. They say the homicide detectives work overnight, you know, and, and they work in the day. And when when they call, the detective's not there. It's I have never met anyone who said our, our detective was great. He or she was always there when we called them. It's not like TV, you know, where they always solve the crime. In, in Philadelphia and other big cities. And um, a lot of people feel like they've been forgotten and there's really nothing that they can do. So, Mensa, some of the families you've spoken to said that they have information on potential suspects or have a piece of evidence they feel like they're going to have to do the investigation themselves. Why don't they, I guess, trust that law enforcement will solve their case? You know, the people who I interviewed, like everything that they tell me, they've, they've told the police. As they say, the streets are always talking about shootings and crimes. And and those family members get this information and some is good information, some is bad, and they pass it on to the police. Some of the stories that the families told me were really shocking. I mean, there was one homicide, it was a triple homicide, where there was a wallet found in the car where the three young men were murdered. And the wallet did not belong to any of the three. And uh, needless to say, the family thinks that the shooter dropped his wallet, but they can't. The police have tried to talk to this young man. His father has been sort of like a barrier, is trying to trying to prevent the police from talking to his son. They can't get to this young man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a vital piece of information. A wallet. Someone lost their wallet at the murder scene where three people died. Some ground should be turned over in this investigation, but there's nothing. These murders murders are still unsolved. And there was another case story where 
um, a young man who was murdered with his girlfriend in the parking lot of a uh, shop right um, was having a conversation, a text message conversation, just an hour before he was killed. Hmm. And that person had asked him to come to the parking lot where he was killed. And when he got there with his girlfriend, several gunmen jumped out and shot them dead in the parking lot. And the mother and father of this young man are convinced that the person who was sending the text messages was in on this ambush murder, but no one's been arrested. Why do police say it's difficult to solve these homicides, along with maybe not having as much uh, detectives in the department? No, manpower is a very big problem to that. Manpower and budget. About 4% of police budgets go to homicide investigations. That's throughout the country, right? Yes, yes that, that's the mm-hmm. average. And uh, in addition to that, you know, I, you know, people are really untrusting of the police. It's very unfortunate, but that's the world that we've made for ourselves. And um, social media videos are you know, showing police planning drugs or being rough on people and brutal. doesn't help the situation. Um, but people don't want to help out of fear. And um, homicide is, you know, obviously, you know, it, it could get your life. And these are dangerous people. Now, Mansa, the new DA's office partnership, has it led to any arrests? Do we know if it's working? At last I checked, there were no arrests. As far as the 59 people who have been identified in this initiative, none of them have been caught yet. And they started this in late March. Mensa, what kind of hope can these victims' families get during this time? Well, I think I think it's a good sign that they're even doing this, that the police department, district attorney's office, and the sheriff's office are stepping up and saying, you know, public, help us and help yourself. Do not harbor these people. So I think that's a hopeful sign. It's a really hopeful sign. They didn't have to do this. And also the fact that we have a new mayor coming in, uh, in January, you know, all of these mayoral candidates are pledging to make, you know, crime fighting and getting guns off the street their number one priority. And usually when you have a new administration, these type of things get a lot more attention. So I think that's a very hopeful sign. Mensa Dean, the Philadelphia staff writer for The Trace. Thank you so much for breaking this all down for me and for joining me on CityCast Philly. Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. We'll have Mensa's full story in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. In the final weeks of the city's mayoral primary, U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez endorsed Democratic candidate Helen Gim for mayor. According to the Philadelphia Inquirer, Gim said she was, quote, honored to receive the endorsement. Other progressive leaders and celebrities like Boston Mayor Michelle Wu, U.S. Representatives Jamal Bowman and Ayanna Presley, and actress Jane Fonda have also endorsed Gim. May 16th is primary election day. And attorney Tracy Johnson will lead the city's newly created office of the youth ombudsperson, Aldea reports that Johnson will oversee the city's child welfare, juvenile justice, and behavioral health systems for youth living in residential treatment facilities. This is in an effort to improve safety and quality of care for young people in the city. To learn more about this office, go to phila.gov. It's time for the tip of the day, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. 
Now, on today's episode, we've talked about unsolved crimes in the city. If you have information about a crime, the Philadelphia Police Department's crime tip line is 215-686-TIPS. Again, that's 215-686-8477. Or you can send an email to tips at phillypolice.com. Callers can remain anonymous. If you have a tip of the day, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Tell a friend about this episode, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Thank you.